0: Romans chapter 4, we're going to be looking at just one verse in Romans chapter 4. Many of you would have some sort of a water purifier in your home. And when you think about a water purifier, a water purifier, the water goes through some sort of a filter and it strives to take the impurities out of the water to make it more pure. Whereas a water distiller, a water distiller takes the the water out of the impurities. It evaporates the water out of the impurities, leaves the impurities behind, and then condenses into water once again. So they're a totally different process. And it, though the analogy is not completely accurate and sufficient, there's a sense in which I see a similar truth in dealing with justification. Religion as a whole tries to take the sinner out of sin, keeps him away from things that are bad. Whereas God, he takes the sin out of the sinner, cleanses us from the inside out, and is able to then to make us just before God. And as we look at this subject of justification, we see here in in Romans chapter 4, in verse number 25, it says, speaking of Christ, who was, let me just read 24 and give more context. But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him, speaking of Christ, that raised or God, who raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses, and was raised again for our justification. Christ was raised again for our justification. In this little series that we're working on right now on the marvels of salvation, so far we've looked at propitiation. Do you remember propitiation? Propitiation was the the fact that. Jesus Christ shed his blood, paid the entire debt for our sin so that we could be washed perfectly clean and and his payment would be in full payment for us on our behalf. Redemption was when he took that propitiation and applied it then to our account and redeemed us. He bought us back. He paid the ransom and bought us back from the bondage of sin and set us free. Now today we're going to look at justification. Justification is one of my favorite of the salvation doctrines. It is an amazing doctrine, and it has got a lot of truth in it that can be a help and encouragement to each of us. First of all, we ask an important question. What is justification? That's an important question. If we were to go around the room and ask what is justification, we'd probably get all kinds of answers from this. But justification comes from the word just or righteous. It's the idea of that which is right. And there's only one person in the whole universe that is always right, and that is God. He created all things, and because he is the one who is absolutely right and absolutely just, he is the only one that can set a standard for what is right and wrong. We live in a world that is becoming more and more relative. By that I mean everybody chooses what they think is okay. And you may say, oh, I don't think that's right. And the next person says, but I don't see anything wrong with this. So it's right for me and it's wrong for you. That's all right. Everybody can do their own thing. That's a relative thinking. Whereas God says there is a right and there is a wrong. And we know that to be true in a lot of areas of life, even in mathematics. Those of you who are math people, and I'm not much of a math person, but at least I know that one plus one is always going to be two. You're not going to get three or four out of that equation unless you pull some unusual tricks, Alright? right? Because there's a standard there. And we know that light and darkness are opposites. That's a standard. If something is light, there's brightness there. If it's dark, there's no brightness there. And so there are some things that are absolutes in our lives all around us that God has created in the universe. And certainly God who is the creator of all things, is able to set a standard and say, this is right, this is wrong. And he's placed for us his standard in the Bible. And that's why the Bible is so important to us, because the Bible tells us what is right and what is wrong. Now, sometimes we may read the Bible and say, but I don't like that. Well, sometimes I don't like some of the things that God says either, but that doesn't make it right or wrong. My choice is not the option. God said, was right. Whatever God says, that's right. Whether I like it or not, whether you like it or not, if God says that's right, that's right. And so God sets the standards for what is right and what is wrong. And a wise person then will follow God's standard and seek what he wants. Now, how do we define justification? We said that it came from the word just. How do we define it? Well, a simple definition is just as if I'd never sinned. Maybe you've heard that little definition. Justification is just as if I'd never sinned. Well, that kind of describes the result of justification, but it really doesn't define it. It, it gives us an idea of what the result will be if you've been justified. It is just like you've never sinned. He washes you completely clean. Whenever I think of this, I remember as a child, and they probably still have them today those little toys where you could get a, a pad, a writing pad that's got that plastic on top and then and you could write on it and then just pull it up and it erases it all and it's all gone. And you write on it again and you can erase it all. You know, that, that's kind of the way it is that with... You know, justification wipes it all out. It's gone. It's, it, it's no longer there. And so there is a truth to this. The result of justification is just as if we would never sinned. But justification is a choice and a declaration by Almighty God. Justification is a choice and declaration by God. He can only make such declarations because Christ the perfect Lamb of God, shed his blood, paid for our propitiation, redeemed us, and therefore God can give us Christ's righteousness. And if we receive Christ's righteousness instead of our righteousness, then God can say there is a justified person. Completely clean. Why? Not because God cleaned up my act, but because God placed Jesus' righteousness in my place. That's amazing. No matter how hard I try to be good, I can't be perfect. And neither can you. But God, in a marvelous way, through Jesus Christ dying on the cross, paying the debt of my sin and your sin, Redeeming us, buying us back from the slavery of sin, and setting us free, he is then able to take the righteousness of Jesus Christ that was absolutely perfect and apply it to our account instead of our sin. And so when God looks down upon us, he can see the righteousness of Jesus Christ instead of my wickedness. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. Justification is one of those doctrines that is really great. It's an awesome blessing to have our sins washed clean and to be clean before God. Because justification is a righteous act of God, it cannot be earned. There's so many people in our world today, especially religious people, that are trying to earn justification. They're trying to earn being clean before God. If that's you and you're trying to earn being good, by just, I'm trying to be good, I'm trying to be a good person, I try not to be bad, I try not to say bad things, that's commendable, but that's not going to make you just. It might make you a little bit nicer than the other person that doesn't try, but it's not going to make you just, because just is absolutely clean. You know, I mentioned to a man just this week, as I was talking to him, I said, you know, if you told a lie yesterday, how much good would you have to do today to completely erase that lie yesterday? He says, well, I can't do that. I said, you're right. You can't. And all the things that we've done in the past that were wrong, we cannot fix them by being good today. So no matter how hard you try to be good, you will never erase the problems of the past. Never. And that's where justification comes in. God needs to clean our sheet and put Christ's righteousness on us through the blood of Jesus Christ. He can't just ignore it. God can't just say, well, we'll just pretend that didn't happen and we'll just uh, forget that one. No, he can't do that because God is just. That's why we read there in 1 John 1, 9, that blessed verse that you need to have memorized as a Christian. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and what's the next word? Just. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Why is he faithful and just to forgive us? It's because Jesus paid it all. He was our propitiation. He paid for all of our sin. He redeemed us, set us free. And therefore, he is absolutely just in saying, I forgive them and let it go. Why? Because it's been paid for. He didn't just say, we won't look at that one. No, he paid for it in full. And that is the wonderful truth about justification. Now, in Romans chapter three, 8 and verse 33, we read, Who shall lay anything to charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. It's God that justifies. As a believer, if you have trusted Christ your Savior, the devil is going to come to you and say, Ah, look what you did, you're guilty. And we have to say, yeah, you're right, I am guilty, I did wrong. But, I have confessed my sin and Jesus Christ has washed me clean and God is just to forgive me and therefore it is God that justifies and I'm not accused as guilty anymore. That is so good. Because you think of the things you've done. If Jesus Christ has justified you, they're under the blood They're taken care of. And if there's anything between your soul and the Savior right now, all you have to do is honestly and humbly bow your head before God and say, God, I was wrong. Would you please forgive me and cleanse me and make me right with you? And just like that, he will wash you clean. Because if you're a child of God, now if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you need to do that for the very first time. You need to come to God for the very first time and say, God, you're right, I'm wrong, and if I died today, I'd go to hell. But I believe that Jesus died for me, and I want you to wash me clean. And he will justify you and wash you clean. That's what you need if you've never done it yet. That's where it all starts. But once you've trusted Christ, you don't have to be... You don't have to be saved again and again and again and again. You're saved once. You're brought into God's family. And uh, as we get down further, we're going to talk about adoption. God brings you into his family. And you're part of his family. You don't need to become part of the family again. You just need to ask God to forgive you. You know, it's, it's just like all of us is, when we were children. Well, not just children, even now, today. But uh, let's just pretend it was while we were children. Okay, you did something wrong. You disobeyed your parent, and they told you to clean your room. You didn't clean the room. Okay, and things aren't good between you and mom or you and dad because you didn't obey, and you're not getting you're not in very good fellowship. Your fellowship was broken, but not your relationship. Mom doesn't say, "All right," because you didn't clean your room. You've, you've never been my child. I don't know you. You're not mine. You were never born. I never gave birth to you. You're not part of our family. Get out of here. Now, sometimes unsaid families, sometimes they make those kind of claims, but the truth of the matter is you can't unbirth yourself. All right, You're still part of that family. No matter what you do, you're still part of that family. And so it is with a true child of God. No matter what you do, you're still part of God's family, but God will chasten you. And God will say, hey, you can't do that. He'll convict you. He will taunt you. He will... It will work on you until you finally get on your knees and say, God, I'm guilty. I was wrong. Would you please wash me clean and forgive me? And just like that, he will and wash you clean. It's just getting back right with God. So it's just justifications, all these things put together. Now, I haven't yet defined justification. Let me give you a definition. And there's lots of different definitions. But this is one that I think I've put together that I think kind of covers the basis. Justification is God's choice to forgive sin by accepting Christ's righteousness uh, as payment in full, enabling him to declare every repentant sinner who trusts Christ's payment to be just in his sight. Now, I know that's kind of a long, clumsy definition, okay? But justification is not easy to define. Putting it down in simple words, it's God's choice to forgive based on Christ's payment for me and for you. He's God's choice to forgive. When I repent and come to Christ, he takes the payment of Christ, applies it to my account, and washes me clean and declares me to be just. And he does the same for you. Justification is a wonderful truth. There's no other option. There's nothing else that we can do to be justified. You cannot possibly justify yourself. So that brings us to the second question I want us to answer, and that is, how is justification possible? How is it possible? Well, it's possible, and I've already alluded to this, but it's possible because Christ paid our debt for us. He paid for my sin. When he hung on that cross and died and said, it is finished, he paid for all of my sins. All of them. And he paid for all of yours. And it's because of that that he is able to give us justification by his propitiation. That full payment, Christ paid for our redemption, redeemed us from Satan. Remember, we talked about the Satan being the great terrorist that is holding us captive. And he redeemed us from the terrorists. He redeemed us from the torment that comes along with that. He redeemed us from the tyranny of Satan, that bondage that he holds us in. He redeemed us from all that and set us free. We are not bound to sin anymore if we know Christ is our Savior. We've been set free. We can have victory. We can live in victory. Do we struggle? Absolutely. It is a struggle because we are still in a sinful body and have a sinful flesh but Jesus Christ has washed us clean. He's given us a new heart inside. He has enabled us to be set free. Justification is only possible because of Christ. You know, the blood of Christ on Calvary's cross purchased our justification. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 9 states this. Much more than being now justified by His blood, we should be saved from wrath through Him. It's the blood of Christ that justifies us. Again, in Hebrews chapter 9, and verse 22, God states, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. Without the shedding of blood is no remission. There has to be a blood sacrifice to cover and wash clean my sin. And Jesus Christ was the perfect Lamb of God who shed his blood on my behalf so that I don't have to do that. And he set me free. Christ's resurrection from the dead established our justification. We saw that in the opening verse that I read. Romans 4, verse 25. Who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. God raised him from the dead to justify us. Zodiac in his commentary makes a statement. He says our justification is based on uh, is the basis of which was, has been laid in the death of Christ because of an accomplished fact and effective reality only through Christ raising again. He paid the debt, but he proved it by raising from the dead and completed that, that he might be able to set us free and justify us. Christ's resurrection completed it and gave us victory over sin and Satan that's great folks think about that all three of the Godhead the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit were involved in our justification we read about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 as the Apostle Paul tells us here in verse number 11 he says and such were some of you he had just gave a list of all kinds of sins typical of mankind he says such were some of you but Ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So he said, God the Father makes a statement that you're justified in the name of Jesus by the Spirit of God. So all three of the Godhead are involved in our justification. Christ paid for it. God declared it. The Holy Spirit institutes it in us. And he gives us a clean heart. So justification is possible. But how can the sinner actually receive justification? There's a lot of confusion today in religious circles regarding this. But the easy answer is that Scripture is the key. The Scriptures are the key. And as you look into the Scriptures, we can see the truth. You know, we cannot build our case on human reasoning or religious tradition. Human reasoning says, but it doesn't make sense. I've got to try hard. I've got to work, work at this. I can't just... Can't just. You know, let God do something that I can't I, I, I can't do. No, God says you can't fix it yourself. Remember Romans or I mean um, uh, Ephesians two eight and nine. For by grace you say through faith, not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We can't do it ourselves. And that brings us to the first thing I want us to notice here under this point is that Scripture tells us we cannot justify ourselves. We can't. Romans chapter 3 and verse number 20, Paul wrote, Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. He said, Keeping the Old Testament law cannot justify you. It cannot cleanse you clean but it can only show you that you're guilty. Now, why is that true? Well, the reason it's true is we find in other scriptures that, that you can't keep the Old Testament law. I mean, if we were living by the law, and sadly some people think they are, they're trying to keep the law, and they say, well, we've just got to keep the law and we're going to get there. That means you cannot fail at all, zero, from the time you're born until the time you die, and if you ever fail, you're doomed. You've got to absolutely, perfectly keep every single law of God without any fail. You can't do that. You can't do that. I mean, the very first of the Ten Commandments. There's not a one of us in this room that have kept the very first of the Ten Commandments. To put God first in your life all the time, every moment of every day of all your life. We've not done that. We've failed the very first one. And I dare say that None of us kept the one about obeying our parents either. Every child has their bad streaks. I've never yet met a child that never did wrong. All right? That's part of our nature. We're sinners. See, we, we're guilty. So to try to keep the law to get saved or justified, we're doomed. Because you can't do it. And so, God makes that very clear to us. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 16, he says, By the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. can't be justified by keeping the law. It doesn't work. Only God can justify, and he demands perfect blood sacrifice. At this point, many religious people or cults will take you to the book of James. They say, ah, yes, but you don't know the book of James. The book of James says we're justified by works. So they take you to the book of James. In James chapter 2, and verse number 21, it says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Verse 24 says, see, uh, Ye see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Verse number 25. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? Now, do we have a problem? Do Paul and James conflict? No. No, they don't. But we need to understand why they don't. All right, now just stop and look at this. Why, think in your mind, why did Abraham offer up isaac why did he do that did he do that so that he could be justified was he thinking you know i've got to be justified i got i guess i'm gonna have to take my boy and offer him on the sacrifice is that why he offered up isaac no he offered up isaac because he believed and trusted god so the believe and trusting came before the offering up So therefore, it was the believing and the trusting that justified him. It was not the offering that justified him. It was evidence of his trust in God. You look at Rahab. Rahab, we know as Rahab the harlot. She lived in the city of Jericho. She lived up on the city wall. And she, when the spies, uh, Joshua sent two spies in to spy out Jericho and When they entered into the city, uh, she found them and invited them to her house. And she hid them and protected them and let them down over the wall. And why did she do that? Did she do that so that somehow she could be justified before God? No. She did it because she believed and trusted that God of the Israelites was the God of the universe and that God was, had given Jericho into his hands and that they were all going to be destroyed. She believed and trusted God. That's why she did what she did. So it was her belief and trust that justified her. It was not the, uh, that, uh, that she was doing that to be justified. God saw her heart, and God justified her. I shouldn't say that it was her deed that did it. God, God justified her because of her actions. Her, that might not have come all right right either. God justified her because of her faith and trust. All right, I'll get it right here. But this idea, but in both cases, their works were evidence of their faith. Works were evidence of their faith. God's judgment or sorry God's justification results from faith that works not from faith and works It's faith that works not faith and works okay so James was talking about faith that works He goes on earlier in the chapter 2 of James and he says if somebody comes to you and says they're poor and hungry and they need they need some supplies they need some help and you pat them on the back and say, God bless you, all will be well. And he says, they're not going to get hung- they're not going to be filled, and they're not going to get warmed by that. He says, what do you got to do? You've got to help them, you've got to give them something. You've got to have some action there in order to be able to help them. Right? So he's saying, it isn't just an outward thing. It's the evidence of our faith. Is the, by the evidence of our faith, <clears throat> we are showing that we have genuinely had faith in God. Now, if I've made you all confused about that, I'm sorry. I tried not to, but it's faith that works, not faith and works. So, God says that we're justified not by our deeds. But then he goes on and makes it very clear, and the rest of the verses here hopefully will clear up any mud that I've created. Okay? The sinner must believe and trust Christ's payment. That's where it all starts. Acts chapter 13 and verse 39. It says, and by him, speaking of Christ, and by Christ, all that believe are justified from all things which they cannot be justified by the law of Moses. All that believe on Christ are justified. So God says, you believe, I will justify you. You're not justified by doing, you're justified by faith or by believing. He goes on in Romans three twenty six, to declare, I say, at this time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of them that believe in Jesus. He's the justifier of those that believe in Jesus by believing in Christ. Romans 4 verse 5, But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. So God tells us here, first of all, that we are justified by our belief. Belief and faith are are, are the same thing. They're just... Uh, one's a verb, one's an hour, okay? So they're they're the same concept here, but let me give you some verses dealing with faith, right? The sinner is justified by faith in Christ, in Christ's payment. You know, the song that we sing, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Jesus paid it all. He did it for us. And by faith in Him, we can have justification. We can be washed clean, and God declares us clean by putting Christ's righteousness on us. Romans chapter three verse twenty-eight. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Romans five one. Therefore, being justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 2.16, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed on Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Galatians 3.8, And the Scriptures, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. One last one, Galatians 3.24. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, that we may be justified by faith. He said the law was our schoolmaster. Back in those days, they had a a schoolmaster uh, that would go around and collect all the children and take them to school. Kind of like we might have a school bus. Right, the schoolmaster would walk around the house and collect all the children, take them off to school. And he would guide them and instruct them. Right, and he says that the, the law was that schoolmaster. What was the law doing? It was bringing us to Christ. The law was saying, listen, man, you can't do it. You're guilty. You can't fix your problem. You cannot stop sinning. You're not, you can't fix your problem. And it points us to, hey, i got a need. I can't fix my problem. Where is it going to take me? It takes us to Christ. And he says, now Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. You need to trust him. He took care of the problem. So the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ that we might receive justification by faith. Paul tells us in Titus 3, verse 7, that we're justified by grace. It says that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Now, what is grace? Is grace some form of good deeds? No. Grace is God's enabling. It's, a, it's unmerited favor from God. Something we don't deserve. That God enables us to do or enables for us in our lives. Christ gives the repentant sinner his righteousness. That's grace.
1: He didn't have
0: to. I didn't earn it. But he does by his grace. Jesus Christ said, I love you, and I will die for you. I'll pay my your, the debt of your sin by shedding my blood on the cross as the blood dripped from his His wrists and his back and his face had been beaten and whipped and tortured. And the blood dripped from him. That blood was the pure, holy blood of the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. He paid for my sin and he paid for yours. All of it. And through that payment, he is able then to say, if you confess your sin, admit that you can't fix your problem, and trust me, I'll take care of it. It'll be washed clean. I'll wash you clean. That is a wonderful truth. Justification is awesome. We can be just like we'd never sinned because of what Christ has done for us by cleansing us through His death and burial and resurrection and washing us clean and setting us free and giving us His justification, giving us His righteousness. We stand before God, cleansed before God. As we wrap this up, I want to ask you an important question. I want each of you to think about it in your heart. Please don't, you don't need to say anything out loud. I don't want you to say anything out loud. But don't give yourself an answer that is just the religious answer. I want you to think. It's not going to happen like this. At least the Bible doesn't say it's going to. But if if you died today, let's just say all of us dropped dead today. And we stand before God. And God looks you in the face and says, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? Why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? Now you got your answer? Now, let's talk about it. If your answer included anything other than, there's no reason that you should let me in except the blood of Jesus Christ paid for my debt for me. If you're trusting anything but the blood of Jesus Christ, you're still on the wrong road. You're still headed away from heaven instead of toward heaven. The only thing that's going to let you into heaven is the blood of Jesus Christ. Nothing else. What are you trusting today? Have you truly trusted Christ alone to wash you clean? If not, there's no other hope. That's the only thing you can do. If you have, you can rejoice in God. You can praise God and say, thank you, Lord. You've washed me clean. You've justified me. And even though I know in my heart I'm a rotten sinner, I've been washed clean and justified in the sight of God. And I can stand before God clean by the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ, not by anything I've done. And as a believer, I want you to go away rejoicing in that and saying, that's awesome. That is amazing. That is a blessing. Justification is precious. But if you're here and you gave the wrong answer to that question I asked a moment ago, I challenge you don't leave without Jesus. There's no other hope. You can't earn your way. You can't be good. You can't try hard. You can't go to church. You can't read your Bible. You can't be baptized. can't take communion. You can't do any of those things to try to get you into heaven. It won't work. The only thing that God will let you into heaven is the blood of Jesus Christ paid for my sin. He was my propitiation. He redeemed me. He justified me. And that's the only reason, God, that you should ever let me into heaven. That's the only answer that's going to work. Where do you stand before God today?